program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Calling all cars, attention all Los Angeles County Sheriff's cars, broadcast 170. Investigate a bank robbery and shooting at the Southern County's bank. 237 West Main Street, El Monte. That's all. Rolls and Clips. Manager is straightening his desk, preparatory to leaving. 
A few feet away at another desk, his secretary, Alice Williams, is deep in phone conversation with Tilly Irvine of the El Monte Herald. Through the glass partition separating his office from the teller's cages, Manager Mountain notices two men, apparently making out deposit slips. Thinking they are no more than late depositors, he turns back to his desk, listens idly to his secretary's conversation. I'd be glad to do anything I could to help. I know it. That's why I feel the way I do about it. I'm a bit full, lady. I'm sorry, Tilly. Say that again, will you? Someone was talking in here and I couldn't understand it. Oh! Here you are, Mrs. Oh, what, lady? Oh, Hang up that phone. Oh, what? What? Yes, sir. Now, both of you, walk around to the vault. If you don't start anything, you won't get hurt. What? But look here, man. I would advise you doing as I say. I'm in a hurry. My friend out there in the lobby is also a little nervous. His finger might accidentally squeeze the trigger on his gun. You know what that would mean? Yes. Yes, sir. Of course. We'll, we'll go to the vault. Splendid. You lead me. I'll follow. Yes. I wouldn't try stepping on any alarm bells, either. It mightn't be a health oh, No. No, I, I, I wouldn't do that. Good. Move on, then. You too, lady. Now you open this vault for me. Come on, come on, let's forget that thing open. I'm in a hurry. Oh, I, I, I'm trying as fast as I can. You, you, you see, the man who usually does this is sick today. It, it, it's all a bit new to me. I know all about that, but you can open it all right. I'd advise you to do it quickly, very quickly. <laughs> Officers of the El Monte Herald, an excited young reporter, phone in hand, reacts to the sudden noise he has heard. Goes into action. Hello? Operator. Operator, listen, get me to the police station and then keep this line open. Please, this is an emergency operator. El Monte Police, first speaking. Okay, Mr. Irvine, I'll get out there right away, and thanks for the tip. Oh, that's all right. I'm better hurt. I wonder if I was talking about Constable's office, speaking. Huh? Oh, no, hello. Uh, wait a minute. There's so much noise here, I couldn't get that. Will you... Ontario. Together, the men approach the bank. 
the gun candy. I'm going to try the door. It's locked from the inside. I can't see anything on account of these blinds. Well, they must still be in there. I'm going to shake the door. Get set for trouble. Line your guns on the door. They try wrecking it. Left and ready. ready. All right, all right, boys. You've got us. Don't shoot. Put your hands up back into the bank. Keep your guns on those men, boys. Let them have it if they start anything. Don't worry, we'll try any funny business. We know when we're late. All right, then keep your hands high over your head. Give me your hands, husband. I'll tie this heavy boy up so he can't start anything, even if he wants to. Okay, here they are. Now, first the other fellow, someone. Hurry up. See what he has on him. I'll take him down. Come on, keep your hands up and don't make any fast moves. Come on, up there. Get your hands up or I'll shoot. Put way, put shoot. Let him have it, boys. Let him have it. Door and for him not to shoot. Then I opened the door and told the officers to come in. 
Well, how did the shooting occur? Uh, we were standing in the lobby being searched, and all of a sudden my brother came in the door and he yelled something, and then he started shooting. He only shot once, though. The officer shot him down. Your brother has been outside in the car? Yes, sir. Now, when did you first plan this holdup? Oh, it's about two or three months ago. Who was present? Yates and I. Where was your brother? Well, he wasn't on it at first. Uh, we brought him in about a month ago. Hmm. When did you last put the bank over? Uh, this morning. How much does your wife know about it? Uh, not a thing. What does Yates' wife know about it? Well, I'm positive she doesn't know anything about it either. But well, it's going to be pretty bad for both women. Uh, they're not the type to be associated with a bank robber. Ever pull on the other jobs in this county, Frank? No, sir. You sure about that? Positive. How about a bank in Santa Monica? Oh, I know about it. Yeah, I read about it, but uh, I wasn't in on that holdup. How about a holdup on Washington Boulevard the other day? Uh, no, sir. Hey, who was on the job in Santa Monica, your brother? I don't know, sir. You understand that we have to bring your wife and Yates in to clear up this situation? Uh, yes, sir. Well, that is, uh, of course, unless you want to clear up the situation yourself about other jobs. Yes, sir, I understand it. Where were you born, Smith? Uh, in Idaho. Did you go to school there? Uh, yes. How far did you go in school? Well, one year of finishing school and then to, to a business college in Spokane. How many brothers have you? Just one. How old is he? Oh, about 42, I guess. What business was he in? Well, in a hotel. It was a bellhop. What had you been? Well, my previous business has been banking. 13 years of it in Idaho. Whereabouts in Idaho? Uh, up in Wallace. What's the idea of all the guns found at your house? Well, I had them when I was working at the bank. Why? Well, I just had them, that's all. And you never pulled any other jobs here? No, sir. Well, to get back to when you left school, what did you do then? Well, uh, I left school, and then I went into a bank at Spokane. Oh, I mean, Washington. I worked there for a while as assistant cashier. Then finally the bank changed hands, and I was relieved. Then I went to and seated there in Stensland's office, Captain Bright beat Frank Smith to a long and detailed resume of his life for the last 20 years. Listen, while Smith tells of his banking experience, listen, and makes deep mental notes on little discrepancies that appear in the story. It is an amazing tale that Bandit unfolds, a tale filled with changes of locale, of one job at a bank after another. And through it all runs one dominant string. Smith's constant denial that his wife knows anything about his bank robbing proclivity. His equally constant denial that he has pulled other jobs in Los Angeles County. His occasional slips about having spent money quickly covered by his statements to the effect that it is money he has accumulated. But when asked how, he has no answer. Hour after hour, Stensland, then Bright, Merritt, then Cuno, Smith, repeated as they asked the same questions over and over again, quietly, almost monotonously. And after several hours, Stensland brings the interview to an abrupt close. Motions the prisoner to be taken back to jail. And when he has left the room, the officers compare notes, exchange theories. That fellow's lying in his teeth. At least he is when he says he hasn't pulled any other jobs. Why, he's an old-timer in this racket. You can tell. Yeah, I feel the same way, Captain. But he's a tough one to crack. He knows that both his partners are dead and they can't testify against him. 
That's what his story about his wife not knowing. Uh, frankly, I can't believe it. You better have a talk with her. Maybe she'll have a different set of answers. What do you think, Mary? How does the story stack up with you? Until he explains where he got the money we know he had, I'm convinced he's lying. And I agree with you that he's a tough one to crack. Smooth as they make him. Well, I'm going to check with Glassy and have him and Cuno talk to Mrs. Smith, and we'll see how the answers check with Frank's. You marry a man who has no job, 
who has a house full of guns. And all these years, you never knew where his money was coming from. You expect us to believe that? But it's the truth. That's all I can say. Did you ever hear your husband speak of any business deals with Yates? Yes. He said that sometimes Yates would borrow money and that he didn't like it. But he said he had it fixed so that he would get it back. How much of the time would he loan Yates? Oh, sometimes hundred dollars, sometimes fifty. What was Mr. Yates' business? Well, when I first met him, he was in the used car business. And how long did he stay in it after he met your husband? Uh, not very long. And after that, what did he live on? Nothing but what my husband loaned him. He had no other means of support than that? None that I knew of. Did your husband and Yates spend a good deal of time together? Yes, sir. And you knew what they were doing, didn't you? You knew they were robbing banks. Oh, no. No, sir, I didn't. Did you know that Yates was robbing banks? No, sir. How about your husband's brother? Did you know he was robbing banks? No, sir, I didn't know anything about it. Oh, I can't tell you any more than I have. I don't know. I didn't know. Subsequent questioning of both Yates' wife and the widow of Clarence Smith meet with the same denial. But Stensman is far from satisfied that his prisoner is an amateur. Feels sure that he's pulled a long string of unsolved bank jobs on a list of cases marked unclosed. One job in particular is a bank in Santa Monica where two officers claim to have seen the bandit escaping. Accordingly, a phone call to Santa Monica brings them up. After a careful study of Smith, they both identify him as the bandit. Faced with this, Smith is still unwilling to talk. Now, looks like you've been identified by these two officers on that Santa Monica bank job. What have you got to say about that? Now, gentlemen, I, I realize all that, and, and I still say I've been telling the truth. Now, if I have to talk, there are a lot of things I could probably clear up. But I don't want to without a word to some attorney first. What are your intentions on the El Monte case? You going to plead guilty to that? Yes, sir. And Santa Monica, how about that? No. Frank, I'm going to tell you something. As far as state law is concerned, the government is going at one up when it comes to your wife. They can prosecute her to the limit. In in what respect, Captain? She's accepted money from you. Stolen money. Well, well yes, I suppose so. As it is now, I'll have to lock up all the women who just get cleared up. Because there's still some money out of other banks that we've got to locate, and I'm asking you to help us. Well, I want to help you, Captain. I'm making no promises, only that we will file all the charges at once if you tell us what the rest of the charges will. Well, well, now listen. You gentlemen have me. And you know I'm not going to get away. I'll be here tomorrow morning. Now, I can promise that if I have any information to divulge, you'll all be present to hear it. What's your proposition? Well, I'm not propositioning you, Captain. I mean... I have a friend who happens to be a judge in Long Beach, and I'd kind of like to talk to him. Since I'm leaving in a few minutes, and when I leave, the boys will have orders to lock everybody up, and that includes your wife. And no one can change that order while I'm away, and I'll be back on the job early in the morning. And I can't see where you have anything to lose by talking now. Well, that's what I wanted to know, Captain. Why well, I wanted to talk to my friend down in Long Beach. Well, show me where you have anything to lose. Uh, well, I have two branches of the government and all you gentlemen on there. But this situation is so complicated and all that there, 
may be things that you don't think of, and, well, I do. I believe a captain would be perfectly willing if you wanted to ask us some particular questions in regard to the Federalists. Well, I would. Oh, well, I don't want to give the impression that these gentlemen are not fair and square, but I I do want to talk about the federal government. All right, go ahead, Frank. Ask them anything you want. Well, yeah, well, all right. Now, if these federal men will walk over to the other side of the room for a minute with me. Smith was tried on several counts of robbery and found guilty to all the charges. 
On top of this, he was found guilty of one count of murder in the first degree and three counts of attempted murder. This came as a result of his brother's shotgun sally intended for the officers which killed Yates. Both Yates and Smith's brother being killed left the guilt directly on Smith's shoulders, an ironic twist which caused him to receive a life sentence in San Quentin Penitentiary. Frederick Lindsley, bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company.